welcome to the Sea Hags podcast. Uh, we are unaccompanied today. I am Katie Nordgren. I'm Chris Jeppa. And we are feeling a little bit sleepy, a little bit allergy medicined up. Mm-hmm. It's pretty warm, so we're a little bit low-key today. Yeah, as uh, we said in Allison's episode, terminally low-key. We are terminally low-key. <laughs> Just this month, anyway. I'm so full of allergies forever. Yeah, it has been, it's a hot one, like mm-hmm. seven inches from the midday sun. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh. A little bit of smooth there. Oh, some, nice. some Santana and Rob Thomas in the worst song ever written. This love ain't good enough. I would give my world to live <laughs> Anyway, um, that was like the most energy I've had all day just now. Um, so Nothing like a little bit of Santana to really get those juices yeah. flowing. It's been an insanely warm spring, though. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what to make of it. I honestly don't think it's been this crazy in April no. and May since, like... 96 maybe 97 and I believe that that is like made all the flowers ripen early and everything and just jizz their pollen everywhere like my truck outside is just covered in sticky gross like did you see the sky last night it was I feel like the Fort Mac fire smoke has come over and just made the sky look haunted it's been yeah oh it's been a very weird couple of weeks just like being Canadian and Mm -hmm. living here and all that kind of stuff and just Benadryl nights and airiest days basically (laughs) Oh, man. Anyway, so I feel like a bit of a pathetic character, but we wanted to get this down before too much time has passed. Yeah. Um, so Katie wrote an awesome letter uh, in, like, a local stand-up I'm forum. the horrible, annoying person who wrote an open letter on a stand-up <laughs> forum. Um, and, I mean, before we really get into that, maybe we should just address the fact, like, obviously, the Sea Hags is at least sort of a comedy podcast. You know, we are, we're gigglers. We like to laugh, and we like to have comics on here, and... Uh, I think that that's something that you and I have bonded over a lot in oh, our yeah. life, is We're our like, just total obsession with stand-up obsessed comedy. Obsessed with stand-up. And, like, I used to really not like it, and I used to think it was really mean and really aggressive and really shitty, and I wouldn't go to comedy clubs because I'd get made fun of or something, right? I was right. always afraid of that happening. Totally. And then I discovered, like, all these new comedians like new to me that were just like really kind and mm-hmm. like honestly the gateway into that was Graham Clark like sweet, local sweet Graham Clark yeah local treasure Graham Clark local absolute fucking treasure Total treasure and then from there like listening to podcasts and then seeing other stand-ups that did like way more positive like irreverent and sweet things yeah like... and it's like it still has like salt and sharp edges and like sure. And it's interesting and it's edgy and it's cutting, whatever. But it's like it, you can tell that it comes from a really good, kind place and no mm-hmm. one's there to like make anybody feel like shit. Yeah. And it just really made comedy feel good for me again. And now I'm like so obsessed with it. It's like the most like, I don't know, one of the best things in my life, basically. Oh, I totally hear that. And I've been, I've been really into comedy as a, as sort of a diversion, as a, as a thing that I liked um, since I was very young, probably, you know, four or five or six, uh, we had evening at the improv would run on, um, like A&E or mm-hmm. whatever. I'd just be like, let's watch the brick wall show guys. And I like, don't get any of the jokes, but everybody's laughing. So, Aww. and I just like laughing and I like the idea of being a funny person. I think I felt really early on that, uh, not that I was ugly, but that what that my looks were not going to be my thing or like that it would be a wits thing. Like I, I felt very, very young, like, okay, I gotta be witty. Mm. I gotta be a funny person. And so that was something that really started with, you know, just all the, 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 the lowest tier, like lowest bar stuff that would be found funny by a five or six year old. You know, I, I really come back to this one recording that we had of, I cannot remember the name of the comic, but if I looked him up, I could, but he does a, um, he was basically like Uncle Joey from hmm. uh, from Full House in that he was just a goof, right? And he did musical comedy and he did a song that was supposed to be like a Metallica 
song, but it was sung by Elmer Fudd, and mm-hmm. it was called Kill the Wabbit. <laughs> and I remember seeing that age, like, three or four, and just thinking, this shit is... It's the tits. This like, is this my is jam. The, this is my... Oh, hot damn. This is my jam, and that's going to be it forever. And so that was something that kind of stuck with me. Um, I, I And then, you know, it was the 90s where alt comedy sort of kind of became a thing, but, like, the comedy boom was done mm-hmm. of the 80s, you know, and it was prior to the next wave. So there wasn't really that much in between. But then I will be the first person to admit that I started getting really into comedy again because of Dane Cook. Yeah, I'm a little fine. embarrassed saying that, but it was like the total he gateway was really drug. popular he was extremely and really popular. visible and made it kind of like, oh yeah, this is still a thing, you guys remember? And he was like, he was pretty good at work in a room, I think. Like he, he had a lot of verve and pizzazz mm-hmm. and stuff and, you know, all accusations of theft aside and stuff. I'd never seen anything like it and I really enjoyed it and it was something that I could bond with people over. But then I got started getting into like the comedians of comedy type thing like Patton Oswalt and all the people who are still considered respectable comics, that kind of thing. So. I had a weird Brian Pesane thought the other day because like my body's getting older and like <laughs> I definitely had some like tummy rumblings and stuff and I was just like, oh no, am I turning into like a 50 year old white male comedian that I can't even like shit in peace anymore because like... Yeah, it's amazing how disgusting your body gets over time. But, like, that, you know, his voice is, like, my inner monologue, basically. So, like, (laughs) these are very influential people in our life. And, I, you know, it doesn't have to be lofty. I like lofty comedy, sure, but it doesn't have to be, you know, super socially plugged in or whatever. Like, Brian Pesane does a bit that's just, if my dick could fart, I'd never leave the house. Like... I cried laughing over that. I'm pretty sure I did fart. Like, it just, that's so funny to me. If my dick could fart, I would just laugh all the time. Like, yeah, you would. That would be so fucking funny. So this is, I guess I'm just prefacing this by saying, like, I don't think that there's anything as a topic that is off limits. I think you can hit on anything. And I'm not here to say that if you're this kind of person, you shouldn't make this kind of joke as much as I might actually feel that sometimes I'm never trying to, you know, force my beliefs onto somebody else. Mm -hmm. That's a concern for me. I don't want people to think that I'm coming in with a banner and a, you know, a a cudgel and I'm just beating people into submission to do what I want them to do Mm -hmm. that. So that's just me prefacing what I actually did say. Yeah. So. Um, do we want to like just get into what that was first and then sure. talk through some other stuff? So or? I think so. I started doing comedy locally. Um, the first time I ever did a show was June thirtieth of like twenty fifteen. So it hasn't even been a year yet. So I will be the first person to say, you know, I'm not an expert and I'm not uh, an experienced comedian. I'm still very much a newbie. I don't think I think that a lot of people would still call me a newbie and wouldn't call me an amateur at this point. Yeah, because there's you know designations there. I don't know exactly what it is, but I'm I'm getting there and I'm kind of starting to. Not make a name for myself, but, you know, like, I'm becoming visible and I'm showing up to things and people are starting to know what I do and who I am, that kind of stuff. So that's, and that's, I'm making lots and lots of friends. We just did a recording with someone that I've met through comedy. And so that was a really fun experience. So uh, largely incredibly positive, right? Like a really, really fun time. Been really, really liking it. Um, And Vancouver has a very, like, big, varied scene where there is something for everybody. Mm -hmm. But I think it's the places that I've noticed where we want it to fill a lot of roles, you know, a certain kind of night. So a lot of open mics are going to have a big variety of people. And I do mostly open mics right now because that's what's available to me. And something that I've noticed, not just at open mics, but at book shows, uh, and I think it's just because it's in the zeitgeist right now, you know, with um, Caitlyn Jenner and the HB2 bill in um, North Carolina and all of the other 
various and sundry um, transphobic or homophobic bathroom bills yeah. that are being tabled across sort of the, well, not across America, you know, it's in one pocket, pretty yeah. much, of one shitty little armpit pocket. No offense to the nice people who live there, but... Yeah, that's always the thing. I remember, like, oh, let's cancel all of our stuff in North Carolina. It's like, what about the trans people that they're actually, like, making these bills against? Like, they deserve to go see comedy, too. Well, that's... <laughs> sure, yeah. And, like, uh, Bruce Springsteen canceled yeah. his show in North Dakota. But one, one thing... Or not North Dakota, sorry, North Carolina. Um, one thing I really loved is Laura Jane Grace, who is a trans woman. Mm-hmm. She's the lead singer of the punk band Against Me. And she's like, there's no fucking way I'm canceling this concert. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm going to make noise. Them. I'm going to... I'm going to kick up a stink. I'm going to come there and I'm going to just be a force of nature. And Fucking so I, I, I love her for that. Like yeah. she is such a powerful being. And so I, I like, she's so brave. Like she's a super, super brave person, does really amazing music. So I love her. Um, but I don't know if I would be able to handle it. Like mm-hmm. she doesn't invite um, uh, nastiness from people or anything, but she just accepts that it's going to happen. And so she's just doing her own thing anyway. Yeah. And I just, like, don't ever want people to be mean to me or the people I love. You're pretty conflict-averse. Like... I don't love it. You don't often... Like, you... I I don't know. As long as I've known you, it's, like, it's easier to, like, smooth over the situation or let's not talk about it. Let's avoid talking about it. Everything's fine, and Mm -hmm. I'll just deal with my own feelings about that instead of confronting you. That is thing that I do. (laughs) Yeah, which is, like... getting better, but yeah. But, like, that's legit. You know, that's a way to be in the world, and it works, you know? It's always worked for you. But then it's, like, some things you're just, like, I really don't feel like I can be super quiet about stuff. And that's really what happened with this. It's because I was noticing, which I started talking about and then didn't, but, uh... Again, because of the zeitgeist being what it is and everybody kind of being plugged into this idea now, like trans people have become hyper visible. Mm-hmm. They've always been a hyper visible subset, at least specifically trans women. Uh, I think there are a lot of trans men in the world who go about undetected because, you know, there's small, physically small men out there. But like when a woman is large, that's something to be sort of policed mm-hmm. and looked at. Like, are you a real woman? That kind of thing. Nobody's really that concerned with like, is that a real quote unquote, a real man right. going into that bathroom? That's nobody really cares but this is like all set up to penalize trans women specifically yeah. and like for perhaps obvious reasons uh i am very sensitive about this kind of stuff because my partner is trans uh and that's tough like yeah it's really hard to come up against people who don't re- who think of transness as being sort of an abstract concept that so it's like something that can easily be mocked because they don't know anybody who's trans it's like this super rare thing to them that yeah. is like only for super special people who think they're super important and so they need lots of special dispensations and all that kind of stuff and that's just not the reality yeah. of it whatsoever so i've been noticing that at open mics and stuff a lot of people were trying out caitlin jenner jokes and they were all stuff like Oh, uh, you know, you guys hear that Caitlyn Jenner was awarded Women of the Year from Glamour magazine or whatever. It's like you hear that, ladies. Even men are better at being women than you are. Like, it's just yawn, yawn, <laughs> yawncity.com. Yeah. You know, like it's just stupid and uh, and it's tired. And so, like, anytime anybody mentions something about going to uh, Thailand, then there's got to be like some kind of Lady Katui, boy joke, Katui yeah. joke, like a lady, a Fuck. lady boy joke, and it's yeah. just so like I had sex with someone in Thailand. Oh, did you? Like, was it really a woman? <laughs> Fucking dildos! <laughs> I just get so mad at like, because it is kind of hacky, you know. Yeah. Like that joke's been made a hundred times. Like you don't. So and so went to prison. Hope he didn't drop the soap, right? Like it's just so trite and boring, mm-hmm. and it doesn't, you know. Everybody's trying something new at an open mic and stuff, and it's just 
you know, people laugh nervously, mm-hmm. and so they think, like, oh, this is a good joke. Oh, and yeah. it's often not a good joke. It's just nobody is... The, the butt of the joke is always, like, trans women are gross. Mm-hmm. Uh, trans or, women are faking it. Trans women are, like, f- trying to fool men into having sex with them. Right. Or they're just, oh, they're freaky weirdo, that's so gross. Like, yeah, just like yeah. that it's a gross thing. And, like, first of all, 90% of the trans women I know are lesbians. Yeah. They're not trying to trick a dude. They're not trying to trick anybody. They're just trying to be lesbians because that's what they are. Yeah. You know? That's who they are. That's their interest. They want to be surrounded by women like trans women or women. That's like, this is the firm, firm belief of this podcast. Endorsed. We are fully endorsing that idea. <laughs> it's not an idea. It's a fact. Yeah. It's a fact, guys. So I take it personally and... Um, I was getting a little bit upset about it because I don't feel like I can bring my wife to these events because it doesn't feel safe for her or that I can't invite our friends who are trans to these kinds of things because I know a shitload of trans people. You know, this is not an abstract thing for me. It is the reality. Yeah, our circle of friends has a lot of trans women in it and it's wonderful. And and non-binary people and all that kind of stuff. And that's all really... Lucky um, fucking us. Lucky fucking us. (laughs) They're some of the coolest people I know. Um, and I learn a lot and I, like, I'm starting to like, you know, question my own, not question my own gender, but like to question my own ideas about gender and about community yeah. and like what, what, what people are, you know, like what is a woman, what is a man, all that kind of stuff. And I think it's really great to always be interrogating that. Um, and so that part of me thinks like <laughs> there are, there's the potential for some really funny jokes about the trans experience if it's told by a trans person, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> And I know that there's contention around those ideas where it's like only certain people are allowed to tell certain jokes and stuff, but it's just that it's got to come from a place of love and understanding. And actual knowledge. Yeah. Because, and, and and like not using the person's actual beingness as the punchline. Yep. Like there are so many good punchlines. Oh man, it's like a total goldmine. You can get into lots of good stuff. There's so but... many, like there's so many things that I, I've talked about this with my wife too, where it's like you know, when it's sort of a safer place, like when there is more possibilities for us to talk about these kinds of things without it being, you know, like just a a punch down joke. Yeah. Or like feeling like you're being attacked, like yeah. it's scary, right? It's totally scary. But like, there's so many implicit hilarities about being an adult transgender person, right? Like to go through puberty in your adult years yeah. is hysterically funny. Absolutely. It's so funny. Like it's an absurd experience that is so wanted by people who are pursuing, you know, hormone replacement therapy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, but it's, abs- but, and they know it's absurd. And, you know, like going through your second adolescence and like figuring out what you want to look like, how you want to dress, that kind of stuff. Like I joke among friends about the fact that like, you know, my wife is 36 years old and she's 14 yeah. also. And she's like, I can't let you out of the house wearing that hot topic. Get up, you little tramp. <laughs> you know? So that's that. And that's funny to me. And it's not cruel, right? Yeah. Like it's, super hilarious and it's something that we go back and forth on yeah and so that's something that like it can be a thing but what happened what happened was that I decided to write the dreaded open letter because it was really pushing on the back of my mind I was losing sleep over it it was starting to get really stressful for me so I wrote this letter that was very self-effacing like I was like I know everybody's gonna label me a social justice warrior and that I'm a big whiny baby but here's the deal and I just kind of laid it out there like Trans women in particular are an incredibly vulnerable population. They, uh, it's like a one in 12 chance that they'll be murdered in their lifetime. Yeah. That's those odds are shit. Disgustingly high. Like, it's horrible. And the suicide rate is super high. The homelessness rate is super high. Unemployment. There is no legal protection for gender identity 
in the BC Charter of Rights and Freedoms. Like, there's Spencer Chandra Hebert is really trying super hard to change that. Thank you, Spencer. Really uh, digging your hard work. Uh, But you know, the Liberal government doesn't want to doesn't want to even table the bill. Yeah. So it's garbage. Like things suck. So I put that out there and was like, this is the situation. And you know, like. There are trans people who love comedy and they don't feel safe going. Yeah, and can we just try to yeah. be kind and be better? Like, yeah, can I we don't just know. like not even don't tell the jokes, but like just think about like what direction is the joke going? What is your punchline? Is it one of these three things that's overused? If mm-hmm. it is, maybe don't do it. Yeah, but I'm not telling anybody to not ever do it. And so most it's, people, it was more about just be thoughtful, be thoughtful, be compassionate, yeah. and be aware of the fact that like if you are mocking a group that is already so. Uh, shit on shit on then you're not being a smart you're not being a good comedian like you're not doing something interesting yeah and so i would say that the the response to that was at least 80 percent positive 10 percent like meh they kind of got what i was trying to say but they still felt like i was trying to censor people and then 10 percent of people who just thought i was full of shit and just wanted attention for this which is like pretty good i was very proud of our like local vancouver scene and like especially some of the bigger like people that book Mm -hmm. shows and people that headline stuff yeah we're super on board and we're like absolutely like we yeah so and that was really nice thing for that was a super nice thing for me the guy who runs the um seven dining lounge like everything at the seven dining lounge basically uh ed kanya is a total sweetheart like just a really really nice man who uh was very supportive after i put that out there i was like I, like kind of biting my fist like oh am i gonna get in trouble with this he's like you know what it'll blow over and you're right so like let's try to just be cool and yeah. kind of says so he was really really nice about that all the bookers that i have met have been really really kind and i got a lot of messages from people just saying like i really liked what you had to say people came up to me at open mics and was like i really thought that you were super thoughtful and what you had to say was and it's making me think about what i want to say mm-hmm. and so that was all in all a very very good experience um although i felt very bashful about it after yeah that's fair you were pretty vulnerable like it was very it's was, it was a super vulnerable thing that just like i was like watching the replies come in through like spliced fingers over my eyes or something like I couldn't watch them with my whole eyes yeah because I felt very very tender-hearted about it and that's tough for me like I'm I'm always a I'm a radically vulnerable person for the most part like I'm putting shit out there all the time that most people would be like that you could keep that private like I could but I would die if I did that because that's just the nature of my personality so well I'm really glad that you did that and I'm really glad that the response was so mostly overwhelmingly positive yeah and it took a lot of that sort of weight and, like, sort of pressure off of your brain, like, mm-hmm. instead of just, like, shutting up and sucking it up and just, like... And then maybe, like, having it fester and you quit comedy, which would be, like, oh, a terrible thing because I, you be... really love doing it. And I love it. I love your writing and what you put out there, so I Thank really you. would not want that to be subsumed under just, like, bad feelings, right? Yeah. So I think that that kind of shit's very important. Totally. To clear off, so... So that yeah, there was a sense of, like... It was kind of like vomiting in a way, for mm-hmm. lack of a better term, because it's like you don't want to do it, but it's got to come out. And after it does, you're you like, feel better. oh, that's a lot better. You just got to like wipe your mouth and go about your day, right? You're like, well, <laughs> that's uh, a little embarrassing. And um, again, just vulnerable, like just mm-hmm. to throw that out there, whether it's vomit or words mm-hmm. or word vomit. So, yeah. And it was it was an interesting. And then I found out that you can actually disable comments on a statement like that. And so I let the conversation go until it started to get really nonproductive. And I just shut them down. And a bunch of people were like, wow, I didn't know you could do that. That's amazing. Oh, that's really good. So it was like, I felt like I handled it all. I'm a little proud of myself for it, honestly, because there was definitely a bit of pushback where people thought I was too big for my britches. 
and that's fine. Just being like, oh, you're just a newbie. You're like, just, you yeah, barely you don't started. Get to, you don't get to say. And, like, yeah. open mics are, like, I think some folks are, like, it's sort of a sacred ground where anything goes because we're all trying out new stuff. And yeah. it's like, yeah, but, like, you're still... Maybe something flies out of your mouth by accident or whatever, mm-hmm. but if these are, like, bits that you've planned, like, maybe you just, like... Yeah. Think about and it. I think, I and I don't, I don't think that anybody who... People who are getting up in arms about it definitely had not correctly read what I had said. Like, mm-hmm. they were reading into it and they were seeing another call for censorship, like another thing where it's like, uh, it, it all comes back to the big rape joke debate of 2013 mm. or whatever that was where Daniel Tosh got in all that trouble. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, like people get emotional when they're on stage and people are not responding well to them. And so sometimes people will say things and I, and I, I can accept that that's true, but I don't say hateful shit to people, yeah. no matter how upset I am. It's actually not that hard to not say hateful shit to people. I, maybe that's like feminine training in my life that yeah. I've had to deal with where I've had to just be like, okay, how, what's the nicest possible way I can say this? Or how can I deal with this without upsetting anybody? Yeah. For but your own safety. A lot of the time. For your own safety. Like, for sure. So that was, that was a weird, that yeah. was a weird thing where it was just, yeah. Yeah. Just feeling like, do we have to give comedians permission to do anything they want? Like, yeah, sure. But whether or not you can say anything doesn't necessarily mean you should say mm-hmm. anything and it doesn't matter it doesn't you know what you're saying is not beautiful art every time you open your mouth you know sometimes <laughs> you write a shitty joke yeah and sometimes you don't you you blame the audience for not getting it but it's a shitty joke you know and that's something that you have to work out on your own but why does it have to be cruel you know like yeah. like maybe just examine what you're saying and how you're saying it and if it's mean i don't think it's very good like if it's mean to somebody who is sort of beneath you in terms of privilege like mm-hmm. if they have less privilege than you and you're shitting on them you're not doing something groundbreaking like radical yeah <laughs> yeah it's not radical you're just like shitting on a group that's already shit and on. you're just doing the same thing that everybody else does yeah you're just it's... adding to the turd pile yeah so like that's not and so artistry there's like the thing about calling in instead of calling out yeah. where like in your community you wanted to say like hey not like i'm gonna you guys are all on blast, and I'm never I'm putting going to you in and, thought jail. Yeah, you were just like, "Hey, guys, we can probably do better," and yeah. like think about it. And like, I'm not going to write one person off for like, oh, they like riff on a bit or whatever, mm-hmm. and something kind of shitty comes out. Mm-hmm. Like maybe in the moment they won't address it, but then they might address it later. Or they won't repeat that thing or like yeah. whatever. Like, there's always ways to like improve and do better. Totally. In that way, I don't know. No, I think that's I think that's very true, and I mean. It's hard to separate the time that you and I've spent in academia in, like, quote-unquote safe spaces mm-hmm. and um, and just, like, you know, being up to date on a lot of new language. Uh, yeah. That's that's something that, in terms of gender and sexuality, the language changes so, so rapidly. Yeah. So I have patience for that, and I have an understanding that people are not necessarily as up to date on things as I might be yeah. because it's part of my life. Right? And you like, can, and you can tell, I think you can really tell the person's intent behind a thing. So even if they're not using like oh, totally the most up to date terminology, but they're coming from a place of kindness and inclusion is yeah. like very obvious or even not from a place of kindness and inclusion, but in a, from a place that isn't like trying to make people a punchline. There was yeah, okay. like, there was one joke at the open mic that I was like, Oh, you know, like most of the trans people I know would not like this joke. Like they would be offended by the joke, but the joke itself was, about about language you know it wasn't the, like trans women were not the butt of the joke it was about pornography right like i if i want to search pornography that has like transgender women and i can't be like consensual experience in a school bus with a trans woman yeah uh where she where she feels very positively about it like i can't search that i have to search like an ugly 
term yeah. to get the kind of stuff I want to see. Yeah. So the joke was like, so I'm a pervert and I can't be a, like a conscientious pervert when I'm searching for my perverted stuff. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, I like, honestly, it was that's a pretty got, funny. That's got some meat too. It was sure. a pretty like funny it. joke, but I was like, I know that the trans people that I know are going to be like, well, you know, t- you're just reducing trans women to like be sex workers or whatever. And that is a reality for a lot of them because that's the employment that's available to them. Mm-hmm. So there's layers, right? There's so many fucking <sighs> oh, yeah, layers, but absolutely. at least that that was something that it wasn't like, oh, I, woke, so I woke up on my trip to Thailand and oh, my chick had a dick, you know, yeah. like all that kind of stuff. Like, well, have fun with it, basically. Like... Don't be an asshole. Yeah. And that seems so simple, but people get very... I think that it's it's very interesting to me that people are like, why are you... Like, you're so offended, Katie. Like, why are you so... You have your back up. You're so offended. You take this so personally. But I I, I didn't really make it so personal. I yeah. admitted that it, I, it has personal importance to me, but I didn't make it like, you guys did this to me or anything like that, whereas some people really took apart what I said and mm-hmm. said that I was trying to do this. I was trying to be... And do you think that's just like... Whenever, so I think we were talking about this from other other things, like people get really defensive if you say you're a vegetarian or yeah. you're a non-smoker and they're a smoker or... Or you're straight edge. Yeah, or... you're not going to drink and they are like at a party or whatever. And people get really defensive because they're kind of like, well, then you're critiquing my lifestyle choice and you're making a judgment. It's like, no, I'm just doing that for me. Mm-hmm. It's not about you. Why are you so very reactive about that? Like yeah. what's going on and why do you feel like that's such a tender spot? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So you you push some buttons. I think some people probably have some sore spots that they are grappling with and maybe don't want to or don't like have the energy right now to to sort through their feelings around that. And now it's just like, I feel like I'm being called out. I shouldn't even make that voice because that's not fair. But just like they feel personally attacked by that because they probably are wrestling with that kind of sure. stuff on their yeah. own. And so that's where I would like to have some compassion for oh, and I, those I, folks. And you I know, do, and you know, I do, do. Yeah. I, I really was like, I was, I was hurt by some of the things that was, that were said about me, uh, by people on their own forums. But, uh, uh, at the same time, I'm like, well, you know, a, a new person coming in and, and starting to just like make these declarations, I can understand why people would think like maybe I haven't paid enough dues to have that sort of voice mm-hmm. in community. And there were some people who suggested like that you should have to do comedy for at least a year before you're allowed to join these groups, basically. And I kind of part of me like I agree with the reasoning behind it, mm-hmm. if not the actual, you know, making that a rule. Um, and so I'm always conscious of how other people perceive my presence in something, whether I'm an interloper or whether I'm a part of it. Mm. And so when I feel like that, that my role is a little bit more liminal where it's like, I'm part of it, but I'm not in it deeply yet. I do wrestle with that a bit. And I do understand people thinking that my voice is maybe not as valid as somebody who's been doing it for a really long time. But I also don't think that by virtue of doing something for a long time that you are um, like the voice for all of it, that you are, that you are needing to, you know, defend an art form, you know, yeah. from my PC police coming in to just ruin everybody's good old time. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, that is a thing that happened and it was, it took up a lot of mental space for yeah. me for, for a couple of weeks. It's hard to, cause it's like, yes, you were talking specifically to the comedy scene, referring mm-hmm. to some open mic stuff, but you're also just saying this as like a human and a person in like a new mm-hmm. group of friends being like, Hey dudes. Hey dudes. Like, and so if I join a new group of friends and then I start to say some stuff, like, I don't think people, well, you haven't been friends with us for very long. Yeah. 
I don't know. If they said that, I'd be kind of like, but this is just about, like, humanity and being good to each other. Like, Yeah, know. and it's, it's weird that that has to be such a... That asking people to maybe think about, like... I think a lot of people think that emotional impacts for things are not important. You mm. know, like, it's just your precious feels. Like, it's your little feelies. Yeah. Your um, feelings affect, like, everything in your life. Yeah. <laughs> people really denigrate emotion as, like, the realm of womanhood um, or for, like, delicate, sensitive people who aren't able to be in the world. But I'm like, anger is an emotion. And the people who yeah. responded to me with anger were more emotional about it than I was, yeah, honestly. Like, sure. I was pretty neutral. I was, like, imploring. But I wasn't saying this is bad or this is good or that could just like how about we open up a conversation about mm-hmm. this and people were like well you're a fucking dick yeah. and you think you're so such hot shit and you want to like get popular on being like a social justice comic or something I'm like well those things aren't necessarily wrong but they're also not necessarily true either like I don't have an agenda yeah I truly don't and I always get a little bit defensive when someone accuses me of having one because I truly I truly don't. I'm interested in seeing how life goes, yeah. right? Like, I want to throw the ingredients that I have into the big recipe and just see what comes out of the oven. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's why I love collaboration so much. Yeah. That's why I love this podcast. That's why I love, like, writing with other people or, like, but, like I might collaborate with Lauren, one of our, like, Lauren Martin, one of our former guests, uh, to maybe do a sketch with her or something. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's a very exciting prospect for me because I love the idea of, like, openly working with people. But I feel like that's harder in a scene where you are on your defensive all the time. Yeah. Where you're like, is somebody going to hurt me today? And I think that if we kind of operate as if we're, we always come back to the punching up or punching down and it's kind of a tired way to look at things. But if we are punching at anything, let it be something more powerful than us. Mm -hmm. You know, let it be um, forces that are negative. Let it be, you know, things that hurt people and not just like, oh, this person's trying to live their life fucking fig or whatever. Mm. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So. And then just because like we're in a scene of some kind, like, I always value collaboration over competition because if we oh, are yeah. m- trying to, like, not to be too lofty about art or whatever, mm-hmm. but if you are all working together for sort of a common goal to, like, unseat some power or something like that, like, we mm-hmm. are more powerful together than apart, so... Absolutely. Collective organizing, man. Yeah. I think that's what, that's part of why I was, like, feeling sad about things, because then I felt like, oh, these people that don't like me are off limits to me now, like, they're not safe people to be around. Mm. And maybe they are. Maybe it's fine. Uh, so yeah, or maybe like in your life and in the scene, they'll just you will be peripheral be to each other. Passing in the night, and that's totally fine. But you just know? you know, kind and I don't and... have to be friends with everybody, but I would like to be. Yeah. You know, and that's that's I think maybe we should title this episode like I did come here to make friends because <laughs> I don't care about winning. I don't care about competition. Uh, the only person I'm in competition with at any time is myself. You know, mm-hmm. like or people that I really hate from my childhood. I do want my life to be better than better than theirs and for them to feel bad about it. <laughs> but apart from that... That's real. <laughs> it's super real. But apart from that, like, I really don't... I don't want success at the expense of somebody else getting fucked over yep. or whatever. Like, I don't want to beat somebody and then lord that over them. That's not something I'm ever interested in. So, like, the collaborative aspect... Being in competitions, comedy-wise, is really weird. Um, I feel a little uncomfortable about it, but it's also just, you know what, stage time. So. It's a fun exercise. It's a fun exercise, and I don't care if I win or yeah. not. And it's... everyone knows that it's, like, a fun thing, but then when you start getting into that, like, actual competition and jealousy and yeah. resentment... So and I don't think I'll ever do a thing that, like, a Last Comic Standing or, like, a TV show competition or something, because I'm not a reality show person. I don't like to watch them. Don't want to be in one. Yeah. And that's why I keep coming back to, like, I didn't come here to make friends. I came here to win. Like, opposite of that. 
that is my philosophy. <laughs> I am living an anti-reality show at all times. <laughs> so maybe I am living in a fantasy world then, but you know what? If so, if so like, join me. Yeah. Join me in my fantasy world. It's very nice. Yeah. We're kind to each other here. We're a little bit salty, like, on the side, but that's fine, I think. Because mm-hmm. if you're sweet all the time, you'll just die. <laughs> but just always having that. Yeah. Just never, never, truly never wanting somebody to be hurt by something that I said. Mm-hmm. And I, I really, I don't I really, think that that makes us like any, oh, you're not being real or you're not being this or whatever. Yeah. It's just like, I'm no, not, I literally just want to be thoughtful and I don't want to cause yeah. harm. You know, I'm not fucking Andrew Dice Clay mm-hmm. and I'm not Sam Kinison. I'm not a yeller. I'm not a screamer. I'm not a, you're a fucking stupid and you should kill yourself kind yeah. of comic. That's not, it's not interesting to me. Yeah. I understand why people like that stuff. It's like. Oh, shocking, outrageous, like edgy and edgy. So it's like the second that somebody puts that in like a show title, I'm like, I'm good. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) You know, I don't need to see this. And there's a lot of that. There is. And there's room for all of these kinds of people in the scene. There there are a lot of people who like to do, you know, the shocker comedy shows or the um, the uncensored late night, like dirty show kind of thing. Like I'm not even really specifically mentioning anything, but um. But I, guess, like, I think shocker comedy is a real thing. Yeah. Um, but, but it's not like... So it's not a finite resource, even though there is maybe limited venues and limited spots, mm-hmm. but it still doesn't mean that there's not room enough for everybody. And then if there's something that doesn't suit your needs, maybe start your yeah. own thing. And, hey, I'm working on it. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, so time's going to tell on that. I uh, definitely... Um, I hate to always come back to the woo-woo shit, but we're at some retrograde happening right now. Yeah. And we're, like, really just digging into it, you and me. Are always messaging back and forth every day, like, oh, what's the retrograde done to us today? We lost a big piece of equipment for the podcast. Yeah. Uh, it's on the fritz, and that's supposed to be a thing that the retrograde does, is fucks with your communication and technology. Yeah, and just all of my, like, professional life stuff is challenging at yeah. the moment. And... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing is happening smoothly or easily, yeah. and that's, it's so much easier to blame that on the planets than anything else. Like, <laughs> like there's the great big crazy fire in Fort Mac that's happening right now, there's, like, uh, everybody's a little bit sick, you know, it's just, and the, all the astrology stuff's like, don't start a new venture. I'm like, well, I'm trying to start a new comedy night, like trying to start it very soon here. Yeah. So that's, fate's going to fuck me. <laughs> and that's okay. Not in the fun way. Not but in maybe, the fun way. Maybe, maybe it'll be fun. Maybe I'll learn something. So yeah. yeah that, I mean, you just gotta be, with anything, you gotta kind of just be open to let life happen as yeah. it does and. So that's neat. This kind of ties in together. It's like if you're thinking about starting a scene or starting Mm -hmm. a show, like the way that you're going to approach it in a thoughtful foundation is interesting. Well, yeah, that's something that I'm I'm doing with two people whose vision, I vision, that's annoying, uh, (laughs) whose like personalities are kind. Like they seem to have like a, I only know them very sort of surface level, but I get, I I vibe hard on people, you know, like I, I, I definitely can get a sense of somebody, whether or not they're a safe person to be around. And I feel extremely comfortable around these two guys. I don't hang around with a lot of men, so it's mm-hmm. like, ooh, I have male friends again. <laughs> What's this nonsense all about? <laughs> and that's okay, so we were talking about scenes. Like you are quite an active music person. Not as much anymore though to But be, you have been. Yes, yeah. For sure. And I think that the the scene you don't get into so many conflicts about content as far as music goes, maybe, but mm. well maybe. But there's definitely the same kind of person like big personalities. And the conflicts that arise from that. So, yeah. I don't know. I can't really speak to that so much because it's no. been a it's been a while since I've tried to like hustle gigs and stuff that mm-hmm. weren't just one off nice events. So now yeah. I like 
I feel like I have paid my dues that I don't play at open mics all the time. Yeah. And I, so now I can just be like, I want to throw a big event. You know, I've got a whole bunch of friends coming from Scotland in the summer. Mm-hmm. And so then I can email, you know, three key people in the city and be like, I want this. Can you set up the venue for me? Can you do this? Yeah. And like, per- and people enthusiastically are like, yes, I want to be a part of it. Totally. Things that Chris do- does are cool. And so, like, that feels pretty good. That's awesome. <laughs> Taste maker. <laughs> well, and that's, I think that's that's part of the um, um, imp- impetus to keep going, like, yeah. is to maybe get there eventually. I don't know how long it's going to take me to be a person who is not universally respected, but, you know, like, somebody who is considered a person. Well, yeah, scene. like, known and, like, a known quantity of just, like, yeah, that person's cool and whatever. If it's I t- could, like, call up a booker and be like, hey, can I have ten minutes yeah. at your show tomorrow night? So I'll tell you my timeline so far that's been, like... Over ten years, Fuck. you know, I'm fucked. So it takes a long time, yeah, and it it's but it's about like you show up, you do the work, yeah. You are a kind person. You're good to work with, mm-hmm. and I really think that the way that I have always been open to collaboration has endeared me to oh, yeah. getting to do some really fucking cool projects, and the fact that I say yes to a lot of stuff or people know that I enthusiastically will participate in their thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I like to give that back too, to be like, Hey, I'll help you out with this. Then if you help me out with that and it always works out really nicely. Mutuality like, is a beautiful thing. Yeah. So I think that that's like a fine way to be. I don't know. No, it totally is. <laughs> and I, and I don't, I think the reason why I'm like, Oh, this is like, it's not even that cliquey. Like I have, I haven't really run into that too much. Like open <laughs> mics, there's definitely a bit of a cliquey vibe where like, if you are well known there, like you can get a better time and that kind of stuff. And that's, or you have to know which show to go to, to get on the list for the next thing or whatever. Which yeah. Is like... Yeah. And there's, there's ways that you can kind of like, uh, not game the system, but like, um, just learn to play it, you mm-hmm. know, like learn to do things the way that you're supposed to. And then eventually you'll be, you know, but I, I mean, for me, it's, it always feels like a shortcut is just to like, just to make friends, you yeah. know, like just to, just to have good relationships with people and to be somebody who like shows up on time or early, mm-hmm. who does the thing exactly as long as they say they're going to do it. They bring people like they help promo, like just being an active person and yeah. not being, um, like not being too good to do it or too lazy like entitled to do it. Yeah. To be like, I don't need to put in the groundwork anymore. Exactly. So I'm very eager to like be involved. And I think that that's something that's, not necessarily being noticed, but like, I just keep uh, telling myself what I'm not saying, uh, just because I don't want anybody to think that I'm too big for my britches. Oh, totally. You know, you're, so I, I, I'm always couching things and always caveating. <laughs> I am a very self-deprecating person because it's like, I assume people don't like me and I have to win them over, Aww. which is sort of sad, but it's also just like, that's, you know what? It's probably made me a lot of friends because I'm never trying to burn bridges with anybody and mm-hmm. always just kind of trying to move forward and be nice and never cut anyone off unless they're abusive or something. So... Mm-hmm. I tend to have a pretty high threshold for what I'll tolerate from people, but maybe I shouldn't say that. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. You're taking lessons from me on boundaries. It's true. And I'm getting better at that. Like I I, I definitely have have sent a couple messages in the last couple days to people where I've just been like, I really didn't like what you said, not about comedy, but just in general. Yeah. So that's to, to, to be able to like say, I don't like this, but, but to be okay with saying that, like, I've said this to you now and I'm not angry with you. I'm just letting you know that this is a problem for me. To stand up for yourself. Yeah, you've, you're definitely a good influence on me in that way. Like, I was making a bad stand-up comedy pun. Oh, fuck. <laughs> it's so warm in here. I, I slipped it in there. Just slip it on in. Just the tip. Oh, God. No, I'm so sorry. <laughs> you're gross. I love it. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I guess I kind of, like, just, uh, what, what kind of time are we at right now? 40? Mm, oh, holy shit. Oh, well, let's, try, let's like, round it up then, because I did not expect to go so long. We're rambling. We're just rambling, And that's yes. the beauty of the podcast format, is we can work circuitously around a thing totally. and just kind of 
So I guess I, it all I guess the last thing I kind of want to look at is just the pushback to what people are calling, you know, PC culture, which I definitely saw someone on the internet who created a Chrome extension that changes the word PC yes. to treating people with respect. Yeah. And that really changes the the tenor of the, uh, yeah. uh, or the timber, of whatever the word is, of the headlines that, like, you know, uh, Ted Cruz speaks out against treating people with respect or <laughs> whatever. And I know that Jerry Seinfeld had a big hissy fit about, um, about colleges being too sensitive. Like, yeah. they, can't, they don't think anything's funny anymore. It's like, well, you're still telling the kind of jokes that you told in the early 90s, and maybe that just isn't resonating with people anymore because you don't know what Tinder is. Mm-mm. Right? Like, maybe you shouldn't be doing colleges. Mm-hmm. And don't blame, don't blame the audience for not liking your jokes, right? Yeah. Like, that's, that's a cardinal rule. And so that's something that's, that's a, that kind of sits weird with me is when people just... Why would we be nice to people? It's such a, such extra effort for us, and we don't want to make it. Like that's what the that's what it says to me when people are like, "PC yeah. culture is stupid and unimportant. Yeah, and a waste of time." I just you know, like I said, I I don't want anything that I say or do to hurt somebody. Yeah, I think that that's it's a good way to be. I don't. I think that's fair. I don't think that's like putting more pressure on myself or making me censor myself all the time. Like I have to work for a very short amount of time. I have to practice. Mm-hmm calling somebody by their new name and their preferred pronouns like mm-hmm. you create a new groove in your brain like yep. I practice you know trying to like you know um be aware of what my snap judgment is that comes out and instead of yeah. going with that to just acknowledge that it's happening like kind of in a buddhist mindfully way to yeah. just be like aha I see that judgment I am now going to let it go because I know it does not hold any merit you know totally and that takes work yeah. But not that much. I don't know. <laughs> I, I think it's at first it takes a lot of yeah. work to realize, like, oh, I can't just be automatic with things. I can't just, like... And I definitely noticed this, like, with, with my partner. People have been very cool. But there's definitely... I've heard from sort of, like, the previous generation saying, like, I really have to think about it. Like, I have to think about it to not accidentally, like, call her he or call her by her old name, that kind yeah. of stuff. Like, I really have to, you know, like, working out new nicknames and that kind of stuff. Like, it's all... I, I get that it's hard, right? But I've been... This is something that I've been working on for a really long time because, you know, I've got my degree in fucking gender studies. Yeah. So, and I started that in 2010. So I've been teaching myself this stuff and also learning it through school for upwards of six years. Yeah. So I've got that foundation. And so now it's much more automatic. It doesn't actually take up that much RAM. And, like, I think people also put a lot of, like, oh, it's going to be so much work to learn this new word or whatever. But then it's, like... You got your friend Davey and he wants to be called Dave now because he's older and like yeah. people don't usually have a really hard time remembering that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, it's like there's, it's there's not some hiccups and stuff, but it's it's yeah, you generally will get on board. Yeah. So just, you know. And fighting that like why are you fight why, why would you fight that? Why would you kick back on uh, on something like, "Hey, it would make me feel really good if you would call me by my name." Mm-hmm. Oh, fuck you. I'm going to call you what's on your birth certificate. Like, well, my birth, certi- t- birth certificate has been legally changed to this name. So, yeah. <laughs> ergo, it's just such a weird hill to die on when people are like, no, I'm just going to, no, no, I'm just going to stick with what I already know and never develop and grow as a person. Yeah. It's garbage. It's Don't just too Don't bad. Don't be like that. It's just know? too bad. I, I, I have compassion for people or I try to have compassion for people like that. Cause I'm just like, I don't know. Because I don't get it. You know, I, yeah, like, I don't really understand why they'd be so resistant. So it's kind of like, okay, well, I'll be kind to you. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just don't be mean to me. <laughs> just don't so be mean to me. So like, yeah. Like, or my friends, the people that I adore. Like, don't be mean to my friends. I will sure. get up in your shit. 
It's like, is it that, <laughs> is it that hard to write, you know, jokes that aren't transphobic or racist or homophobic? Because, yeah. you know, like, I, I think I cited this as an example in the post that I, I used. This. I remember one of the first, I think you were at that open mic with me, actually. I won't say which one it was, but there was a young guy who went up who had not done a lot of comedy and he did a bit about being like a construction worker and how he was on this construction team with a guy who was gay and they would eat their lunch together and then the gay guy would say to him you know like oh you shouldn't be eating like a bag of doritos for lunch it's not healthy for you and his joke was like yeah like i'm gonna take the advice of a gay guy about what i want to put in my mouth and they're like nobody laughed right because yeah. it's not that funny yeah right like it's just old shit you're not andrew dice clay we don't need a world with andrew dice clay <laughs> He's going to come to my house and beat me with his big leather jacket, isn't he? <laughs> it's pretty old. I feel like I could get away from him. He totally. Yeah. So, so yeah, I guess, like, there's no real thesis to this. It's just, like, kind of a brain dump where, you know, we're just talking about, like, how can we... It's not about keeping spaces safe, necessarily. Just keeping ourselves a bit kinder and a bit more compassionate. Yeah, and just, like, just truly not trying to hurt people. Like, people... Other people aren't my enemy. You know, nobody's my enemy. I, I, if at worst, I just want things to be neutral. Mm-hmm. So that's how I try to live. And I guess I can't really tell other people how to live. I can just ask that they be kinder. And if they don't want to be, then fucking fine. Yeah. And that's like, you know, my whole philosophy of like, you just got to ask because maybe they'll say yes. And 80% of people said yes. 10% were maybe. And then 10% were no. And yeah. those no people, they can't come to my birthday party. Yeah. So like, fuck that's, them. That's like the worst thing. Like they can just keep living their lives. It's fine. It's totally fine. And we'll cross paths, but probably not talk. It'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah, and we could just maybe, all be grown-ups. Maybe you've planted a nug that's going to grow into something interesting. <laughs> just a, a dank little nug. <laughs> In the back of their brain. Yeah. That hopefully. might just start to just be like, poke, poke, like, hey, hey, just be a little more thoughtful. Maybe be a nicer person. I don't maybe know. Maybe be a nicer person, then you won't have to tell all these jokes about how nobody likes you and you don't have any friends. Because <laughs> that's a thing. Well. <laughs> On that note, I have lots of friends and I'm very popular and oh cool. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm not. I have terrible self-esteem, but I'm doing my best. Oh, but we love you so much, Thank Katie. You. I love you. Yay. I love all of you, too, listeners. Yeah, thanks for... Thanks for stopping by and letting us babble at you. Yeah, so uh, stay tuned for some other... We're kind of putting this in as more of a recent one, and then yeah. so we're going to have some of our older episodes coming up, and we're really excited. We've been really loving doing this podcast, yeah. and it feels really fun. And, and not and doing it for three weeks was kind of shitty. It was shitty, it was... so we, we're going to keep keep doing it more. I feel and... like all of my uh, atoms are being reset as we speak, <laughs> and that's a nice thing. Yeah, so we're very much looking forward to it. There's going to be more music coming up, um, more yeah, interesting talks about interesting subjects, and with some very funny people. So yeah, yeah really stay, stay tuned. Right on. Okay, bye. Bye. bye.